Hey, what's up, Felon? Welcome to my live Q&A here on IG. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. For those who's watching later on Instagram and for those who's watching later on YouTube, I want to say thank you so much um, for pressing play. Uh, and, I, and I pray that you uh, benefited from that you benefit from this video. So I want to say thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for following me on Instagram. Thank you so much for um, following me on YouTube. I want to say thank you all so much for your support. And so on Instagram here, man, I'm going to give you an opportunity. What's going on, girl? Hey, what's going on? You doing all right, Ashley? Good to see you. We got oh, we got some students in here. Hope y'all are well. Come on in. So yeah, if you have any questions, get your fingers going. Get your fingers going because I'm going to take some time to serve you all. I just did a live Q&A on YouTube and it was powerful. We talked about a lot of things about Christian dating um, websites. We talked about um, what are the boundaries when it comes to opposite sex. Um, what are, uh, uh, should guys and girls be friends? We talked about how to sustain your fire for God. So a lot of great stuff there on YouTube. So go ahead and check it out on YouTube. Hit the link in my bio, all that good stuff. But I'm here to serve you all. Waiting for you all. What's up, Jay? What's going on, girl? Hey, one more week, man. School start back. Get ready. What's going on, y'all? Oh, am I? I'm so sorry. I ain't even waving at y'all, bruh. That's mad disrespectful. I ain't even being hospitable, man. I'm, I'm over there in the kitchen. Didn't even say hello. Y'all done walked in through the screen door. Ain't even say hey to y'all. I'm so I'm like Martha right now. I'm so caught up on serving. I ain't waving. I need to be like Mary and be at the feet. See how y'all doing. Coach, I'm reading your book now. Thank you so much for reading my book, Counterfeit or Counterpart. Hope it's a blessing to you. And for those who don't know, man, I've written seven books, and that's the latest one that I wrote, Counterfeit or Counterpart. It's a book that talks about discernment, especially in these times. That's a book you need right now in these times because a lot of people are vitamin D deficient. They're vitamin discernment deficient. They, are, they don't have no discernment. And that book's going to help you test the spirits that are in front of you to help you discern what's in front of you so that you can be in the will of God. And that's why I kind of want to talk about real quick. You have to understand that the safest place, even in this climate, the safest place, even in this climate is in the will of God. I don't care what's going on. If you're in the will of God, you're safe. It doesn't matter what the world goes through. If you're in the will of God, you will be safe. So um, as everyone is coming in, I got a question right here. And if you want to join me face to face, you can do that as well. Hit the little request to join me live. You can talk to me live and or you can just type your question here. And for those who are typing a typing question in the comments, I'll make sure um, to go back, uh, scroll back up once I get through. Give me one second. Uh, hey, coach, my question is, I've been with my girlfriend for two point two and a half years now and I've moved to Dallas. She's supposed to come out here. Um, in September, but a part of me feels it's smart to save money and do some inner healing. Yeah. Uh, first off, she's moving out there to stay where, you know what I'm saying? Um, you don't want to set yourself up to fall. Um, there's not one couple who can, who can boldly say that they're staying in a house with someone they're attracted to and nothing's going down. Right. And so first off, is she moving in to get her own place that then I can understand that, but it, it's not wise for a woman to move to where a man is and then and then uh, 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 share a house together because that's just shacking up. That's old school term of living together um, because now you're sharing marital benefits, but there is no bond, no covenant there. And then um, it just spawns unnecessary consequences, right? She's supposed to come out here in September, but a part of me feels it's smarter to save money and do some inner healing. Now, the question is, is that your wisdom or is that the wisdom of the Holy Spirit? Now, if it's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, number one, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit would never allow a man to to, to uh, bring a woman and stay with him if they're not married. So if that's the foundation of the of the agreement, then we already know what should be done, right? 
Um, but as far as, uh, but a part of me feels it's smart to save money and do something. Listen, it's never wise for, for, for there to be outer feeling if there's no inner healing. Right. There's no it, it won't benefit her in the long run. It definitely won't benefit you in the long run, because if you're not healed and then you make deals and then y'all get into y'all fields and then y'all get married, then all of a sudden things start happening in that marital union. Then you're going to start building resentment on the inside of you towards her, because that's what oftentimes happen. People pursue things out of order. A lot of men pursue women without their their first initial assignment accomplished. And then when the wife is demanding as she should be. When a wife is demanding what a wife needs from a husband, and then there's children involved. When children who does, who are then start demanding from the man what they should be demanding, the man start having resentment because now he rather pursue his dream than to fulfill um, the the duties of his his obligations. That's why I tell men, um, don't don't go looking for an assistant until you first finish God's assignment. And don't even go looking for a woman. When the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and obtain a favor. That scripture is not talking about that a man says, okay, good. Now I'm going to go look for a wife. It's saying that I I'm going to find my wife along my way. I give this analogy all the time. When a person is going to the store, their overall intention was to go to the store. But, a, but along the way in going to the store, they stumbled across a $100 bill. Did they go to that store looking for a $100 bill? No, they found that $100 bill along their way, right? So if the ultimate foundation of y'all's agreement is for her to stay with you, we already know what the Holy Spirit's going to say about that, right? But if it, but if that's not the deal, she's getting her own place and y'all done, and you setting her up for that and you, and you being a man about that, then if there's inner healing that needs to be done and you need to save money, first off, if you need to save money, it's mean, it possibly means that she's moving in. All right. Or or that she's going to be wanting to go on dates and stuff. She want to see, uh, uh, um, um, you know, Mavericks games or Cowboys games or she want to go out to eat. Right. Then that's good. If you got a feeling, that's, there's two types of feelings. Either that's just a good man feeling or that's a Holy Spirit feeling. A good man going to say, hey, I don't think this is smart because I don't have the money that I need right now to sustain this and to take this to the next level in regards to marriage. And if I still need to, if I need to have healing done, then there's no need for me to be playing in this in this league. And so it may just be wise for you to just say, hey, this may not be uh, what's uh, beneficial for us at the moment. Another question. Uh oh, I'm about to bring someone live. Oh, is wise to stay at my parents for a bit and save or to make the move and begin to marry a huh, loaded question? No problem, fam. Is it wise to stay at my parents? There's nothing wrong with staying at your parents' house. Stack that bread, fam. Stack that bread, stack that bread, because there's nothing wrong with staying with your parents if the part if staying with your parents is part of the plan. The plan is I'm taking, I'm, I'm tucking myself in to work, grind, save, save, take care of my parents, however the percentage I got to give them, save, save, and then go on. But if you're not, if you're not financially prepared to take care of all of the, of uh, the uh, main living expenses, not wise to be married. Right now, if my wife stops working right now, I make enough money and all the things that I do to take care of all living expenses. So when she has a child, my wife already said when she has a baby, she done, she done working. And that's, that's what I want. I want her to be, I want to make sure the family's good. So if that's the case, I got to make sure that I'm able to pay everything that's going to require for this thing to keep going. 
And if you don't make that much money at the level, there's nothing wrong. We're not sitting there saying you got to make that kind of money for a mansion, even if it's an apartment. But it's best to put her in a home because putting her in a home kind of brings a little bit more security stability because apartments, you got people all around her and she may not feel secure and stable in that. But what I'm saying is a man got to make enough money to where a woman is in a place where she feels comfortable to have children. And if you don't have, if you don't make that kind of money to where a woman can live in a place where she's comfortable with having children with you, then it's time to say this ain't the right time for us to be married. So tuck yourself away in your parents' house, stock, stack paper, and that's going to really show you her heart. That's going to really show you if she really got that thing. You know what I'm saying? If she just want to go to Dallas to have a, a long, a, a long stayed vacation, then that might be the wrong one. But if she's like, yo, I feel you stack your bread. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hustling, doing my thing too, finding my purpose, dealing with God. You'll be surprised. A personal response in that. Uh, response couldn't be shared. Try again. Let me see. Uh-oh. All right. Let me see if this works. Can y'all see the question? Oh, uh oh hold on. Give me one second. All right. Uh, uh, the best... The best says, is it possible for God to turn a once toxic and impure relationship into something serious. We have not seen each other in two years. He has returned admitting he has returned admitting his immaturity and that he is ready. Well, it don't matter how ready a person is, is this the right one? And sometimes we get so caught up in the possibilities. We get so caught up in the uh the 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 what could have or what could be that we forget about the reality, right? And the reality boils down, is this the right one for me? And so can God do anything? Let me get back to your first part. God can do anything. So you said, is it possible for God to turn a once toxic and relationship into something serious? Yeah, God can do anything. But it's not beneficial for them to do everything. Right? It ain't even beneficial to do. So the good, the best thing you can do right now is say, okay, I'm going to go check with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take some time away. Don't, because first off, if there's been any type of toxicity and impurity, because a people can, a person can have a change of mind, but don't have a change of heart. A person can have a change of mind, but don't have a change of habits. A person can come to their senses and be like, yo, after doing all this stuff with these other girls, I kind of miss old girl. So let me act like I got myself together to get her back. That don't mean that that person is right. Because a lot of people will do that. They came to their senses, but they haven't changed their habits. So they came to the realization, oh, shorty was good. She was, what's up, Trish? What's up, family? Oh, girl was good, but 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 I'm still toxic. <laughs> time, time, Holy Spirit and time proves whether or not somebody really changed. He has returned admitting his, uh, admitting is one thing versus applying. A person can admit they done wrong, but is there any proof within application? That's why with all applications for a job, there's work history. <laughs> there, it's called resume. Before we can resume, I got to check the resume. Has there been any changes? Right. And sometimes you don't have time because if you try to make time to see if that person is, has changed, then you get your heart intertwined with that inner person, that person. And you find yourself messed up again. The best part is, what is the Holy Spirit saying in your gut? What is the spirit of God saying right here? If you hear a no, sense a no, feel a no, then don't go. Hope to help. My brother says, Niku says, hey, coach, tips on dealing with regrets and mistakes from a past relationship. Well, um, uh, even the greats make mistakes, fam. 
And so what I would say is that uh, uh, um, never allow yourself to be identified uh, in a mistake in the past, right? What you got to do is, listen, with me, if you follow my stories, when it comes to my basketball, you always see these two things. You see wins and you see lessons. Losses ain't even in my vocabulary. Coach, coach don't lose. I don't lose. I learn. So the best way to deal with regret is to vet, is to vet it and say, okay, why am I upset about this? Why? Because, because if I give you five steps to overcome regret, but you never deal with um, people pleasing tendencies, if you never deal with insecurities, if you never deal um, with, with perfectionism, then you will never overcome this one, right? So what you do is you got to say, okay, why am I struggling with this? Was she my everything or am I a perfectionist? Do I have insecurities? Do I fear that because uh, there's something there's there's something off now because the mindset has to change into, you know what? I learn from everything. I don't care what you did to her. I don't care what happened between her unless you want to stay that guy. But if you're a different guy, I push that to the side. So how do you deal with regret? Number one, uh, rejoice that you have a new opportunity. Number one, how to overcome regret is to rejoice that you have another opportunity. Number two, E, you got to enjoy this moment. You got to enjoy life. We can't get, we can't engage with that. We got to enjoy life. G, <clears throat> you got to get to know God better <clears throat> because when you begin to see how he sees you and how he helped you overcome who you once were and who you are now, then you will get more uh, uh, um, um, geared up for the things that God wants you to do because you realize that ain't even me anymore because I'm in splat dab in the middle of God's grace, right? And then what you got to do, you got to release that young lady. You got to release yourself. You got to forgive yourself. You got to release that to God and say, God, I'm releasing this to you. Deal with that. Next thing you got to do, you got to engage with your purpose. How to overcome regret, engage with your purpose and realize that you have an opportunity to grow and grind and get more. Next point where uh, T, you have to understand there's a time where God's going to have the right one for you. So when you understand you can't worry about regretting on what you did in the past relationship that you're not taking the time to develop yourself for the right one. And last but not least, um, man, I done did all these letters and I got the S. Last but not least, how to overcome regret. Change the way you speak, man. Change the way you think. Don't start thinking, sinking, thinking. You know what I'm saying? Start changing, soaring, thinking. Think of yourself more, not more highly, but think of yourself where you're supposed to be, where God is. That's how you overcome regrets. I don't got time to uh, worry about regrets when I'm out here trying to go get. When I'm trying to go get it, I don't got time to worry about regrets. So that's how you overcome regrets. Hope to help. Uh-oh. Carol, what's going on? Hey, can you uh, can you best develop a disciplined Bible reading plan? I need structure. Great question. Here's a quick Bible uh, reading plan that I always tell people to do when, they, when they're beginning, right? I say read a proverb a day. Today is what? Uh, August the 2nd? No, yeah, August 2nd. So read Proverbs 2. Tomorrow, read Proverbs 3. The next day, read Proverbs 4. And what you do is how to increase the fire and fervency in your Bible study is to bring a notepad and pen with you. And whatever scripture kind of highlights off the page that you feel the Holy Spirit is kind of pulling into you, you, you ask that text questions. How, what is this text saying to me? Do I see myself in this text, not in, not in that uh, narcissistic type of ideologies that's out there with the modern day teaching, but I'm saying, what? how can this scripture be used as a sword to cut me and to heal me and to do surgery in me? 
So you develop a disciplined Bible reading plan when you begin to see the Bible for what it really is. And it's a life giving tool. It's a tool that you use to better understand who you are, who God is, what Christ did and the different principles and and uh, and, and things that you can apply in your life so that you can grow in spiritual maturity for God's ultimate glory. Right. So what I do, I read a gospel a month. Right now I'm in Acts. No, yeah, I'm in Acts. And then and then I do a, a proverb a day. Back in the day, I used to have notebooks on notebooks on notebooks. Right now, I just read the word and it just sticks. And I just kind of process and, and from my Bible reading plan, uh, uh, usually I get ideas and things and it's just a vibe with God, right? And so discipline is never look at never look at anything worth doing in the form of whether I desire to do it or not. You got to look at it in the eyes of why I must do this. There has to be a greater why to overcome the, the onslaught of the enemy. So that's a quick reading plan for you all. And make sure I got everybody in a question. You don't type their question to me in the Q&A part. So let me scroll all the way up to the people <clears throat> who post their question in the chat. If anyone wants to join me face to face, push the request button. I would love um, to talk with you face to face. Oh, let's see here. Coach, I'm reading your book. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I got that. Uh, Jenny, Jenny Vision says, hey, Coach Ezzy, what does a healthy relationship with your parents look? I think I saw your question on the YouTube. And as a gentleman who posted a question about... Um, how to be more affectionate with his wife. I see your question every time and it's crazy. You'll be two questions below the last question I asked. I promise you I'm gonna answer your question, bro. So keep keep coming to lives, man. I'll make sure I answer. Now I saw I saw this question too, Jenny. Uh, hey coach Ezzy, what does a healthy relationship with your parents look like as an adult? How do I honor them if I'm starting to realize their habits are a bit toxic? Um, this is what you do. First, you gotta understand what a father and a mother is. A mother is one who nurtures and a father is one who instructs. Based upon a parent's operation within those titles, determine the level of honor you give them. Now, we're not talking about uh, uh, um, honor, honor. Well, basic honor is I respect you for who you are. I respect you for giving me opportunity at life. I honor you for being by parent, right? I honor you for who you are by default. There's certain honor that come with that. But there's different levels of honor. Some people who, who, who are deadbeat dads or toxic moms uh, who created mama issues and daddy issues in you, right? These people start demanding a certain level of, of return on poor parenting, Meaning that they could talk to you crazy, but and you but you have to stay at their house. And what I mean by that, oh I can oh you gotta come see me all the time, even though I'm toxic, but no, I'm your mom. No, 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 See, I can honor you, but I cannot honor you in dishonoring me. Never honor someone beyond your level of honoring God and honoring yourself. And ultimately, when that happens, you end up dishonoring the two. So you gotta assess. At what level of toxicity are they producing and how much am I willing to take? And if you can't take but so much, then you start distancing yourself, not from them overall. You may answer their call, but you may not be in their house for two hours because it's just too toxic. And so if your mom and dad is not exhibiting a level of respect for you to the level where they demand a certain level of honor you, there's nothing wrong with that. You can still honor them as your parent, still honor them as a person. Honor them and respond to them when you when you know it's right to respond and you're cordial and you're kind. 
The Bible says you owe nobody, you owe no, owe no man nothing but love. And sometimes love is a five-minute phone call, even though they want 50 minutes, but they're too toxic for 50 minutes. They have to earn that level of reverence. We're not talking about default reverence where you respect and honor them, you're kind, you're nice, you don't talk about them, whatever. We're talking about you asking, you asking for my time now? You asking for money now? You asking for my, you hurting my feelings now? But fam, I can't, I cannot honor you the way you want honor in regards to honoring you with my time, honoring you with my emotions, honoring you with my feelings. No, if that is being affected, <clears throat> then we got to reject it. Never honor someone beyond your level of honor for God and honor for yourself. Hotel, we got three more questions that came in. Rejuvenate says, I think I got time for two more and I got to go. Coach getting tired. I feel like I have been hesitant about marrying my boyfriend in the future who I have been with for two years. What is the best? Oh, what is the best way for me to evaluate the relationship? Great question. I feel like I have been hesitant about any time a woman, hear me closely. Hesitancy reveals the habits of a man. There's a reason why you hesitate, and it's probably because of that man somewhere in his habits is making you not feel secure. My goal in my marriage is to make sure my wife is a lake, <laughs> not a river, a lake. That's why I always say it's better to have peace at home than side pieces outside of your home. What I mean by that is, is that my job as a man is to make sure that I provide spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially for my wife to feel secure and stable because I am the one that started this. I'm the one that is responsible for that portion of it. And if I don't want a headache, then I would never, I, I don't put my wife in a position for me to have a headache. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that is for her to feel unstable. Why is my husband acting like this all of a sudden? Why is he looking like that at women all of a sudden? Why is he doing that? I don't, no, no, no. Right? So there is a hesitancy for a reason. Right? So how to evaluate the relationship? First, you evaluate by ask yourself, is this man causing me to grow in the things of God or compromise the things of God? Is our relationship honoring to honoring to God right now? A man should be leading a woman in constant honoring of God. If not, she will be hesitant. So the real question is, in due, due to the two-year duration of this man's leadership of this relationship, has the bulk of this relationship been honoring to God? Number two, where is he financially? I got to evaluate his honor towards God, right? I got to honor his economics. Am I hesitant because he's not, I'm not talking about me making like millions of dollars, but is he bad with his money? There's only a handful of things that's going to make a woman hesitant in marrying a man. Number one, his honor, his commitment level to God. Number two, his cash. Number three, his character. Number four, his conduct. Number five, there was another one. Um, number five. That's going to make a woman hesitant. Um, his lack of consistency. Um, yeah, those things like that. Those, those are the main... Oh, his, uh, his, uh, 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 his conduct with other women and uh, women online, right? Those five or six things are probably the top things going to make a woman hesitant, 
right? And so you evaluate those things. How is he with God? What's his character like? Is he an honest man? Is he honest with me? Will he? See, it's better to tell the truth. Hey, listen, the more truth you tell, the more you can keep her, right? Most men, women lie because they think that if I tell the truth, I lose them. But you end up losing them with the lie when you could have kept them with the truth. Because if you tell a woman the truth, even if you know it's going to hurt her, she's still in the back of her mind. She may be mad at you for five days or 10 days, but in the back of her mind, she's going to be like, that was very bold of him to do so, depending on what he did, right? But the best way to avoid lying to someone is to never put yourself in a place to lie, right? So check his character, check his cash. Is his money legit? Is he able to provide? Is he a good student of his money? Those are things you do to evaluate. But anytime a woman feels hesitant in a dating phase, that's not when you rage. That's not when you jump back in it and go hard. That's when you pull back and do what you're asking, and that is to assess. Right? And so, um, why are you hesitant? Number one, write down why are you hesitant. What is he doing that's calling you to be hesitant? Number three, what you do is you have a conversation. First, have a conversation with God. Have a conversation with God and you. And then you will formulate the question to ask him and ask yourself, why am I hesitant? And then have a conversation with him. Don't come, don't come all hard and be like, we need to talk. You're not going to really get the answers you want. What you do is you say, hey, maybe you can get this book called Dating Prep. I think I got a book in here. And you say, hey, hey, there's this great book by Coach Josh called Dating Prep. Let's uh, let's go through some of these questions together. And then you look in a table of contents and you, based upon your hesitancy, like page 88 is about money. Uh, nine, page 90 is about communi uh, communication concerns. Number 94 is about pet peeves. Page uh, uh, 101 is views on sex. Uh, 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 number 74 is family traditions, right? And another, another C that will cause a woman to be hesitant is how, how, how it, uh, is he willing to leave to cleave? Is he still stuck to his family, right? That's another way. So maybe you get a book called Dating Prep with the Card Game and you start asking questions so they'll be in a fun environment and then you'll hear the answer that you want to hear. Or you can just have that straight up conversation with him and say, hey man, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with what's going on. Uh, um, so I hope that helped. Last but not least, I got to go after this one, y'all. <clears throat> um, the real, give me one second. I'm, um, I don't think nobody joined. Okay, here we go. Uh, Coach, I appreciate the Q&A. You're so welcome. What would be the appropriate amount of time to spend with someone you are just getting to know? Great question. Also, when is the appropriate time to start praying together? It's never wise to pray or join with someone spiritually before you marry. We got to make sure this thing works before I bring God in it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like praying with each other, reading the word together. That's intimate. That's intimate. Uh, that, it's like it's like uh, uh, it's like I'm I'm bringing God in the midst of something, and 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 it's just not ready for that. Uh, uh, I'm not sitting there saying that y'all can't go to church together, stuff like that. But when it comes to intimate praying together, is intimate. It's never wise for a man or woman to pray with each other if they're not. Because what happens is when you start bringing your there's two things you never should bring in to the equation prematurely and that's God and your body maybe some others too and your money to a degree but God and your body 
two things that people bring into relationships prematurely is God in their body. They bring God in it. They start going to church together. They start praying together. They start, and then what happens? That spiritual intimacy happens prematurely, and then you thinking it's God telling y'all to go for it. No, it's just y'all premature spiritual connection that was birthed in and through infatuation that's keep that's, that's getting you into a place where you think that's the one. That's what confuses a lot of people. They bring God in it too early, right? So they bring God, the God thing, the God things in it without even going to God about it. And other people, the second thing that people bring into relationships prematurely is their body. We're talking about sexually. Those two things confuse and complicate relationships more than anything else. Because now you bring God in it, you think God is in it, but God's not really in it. And then you bring your body in it. Those two things produce emotions, produce feelings, produce ideologies that causes people to rush into marriage prematurely more than anything. So in my personal opinion, I don't think it's wise. Maybe when y'all engage, maybe y'all turn the page in a direction. Maybe y'all start praying together. But see, but y'all can pray for each other, but it may not be best to, best to pray together, holding hands, <clears throat> worship music playing, and then y'all hugging each other. And then y'all go from Tasha Cobbs um, um, to uh, uh, whatever the songs out there sexually. Then you go from uh, 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 <laughs> never lost a battle into battling it out in the sheets. Just not wise. First part, I appreciate the Q&A. What would be the appropriate amount of time to spend with someone you are just getting to know? Um, they should be getting your leftover time. That's powerful. They should not get the first fruits of time. And most people mess up in relationships. They give someone the first fruits of their time. And God gets the leftovers. No, that person is supposed to get the leftovers after you done spent time with God, after you done spent time in self-care, after you done went to work, after you done ate a couple of meals, and then they get whatever's left over. I'm not saying that you don't you talk to them at, at any of your day, but you say, hey, I'm not going to give you what I should be giving God, myself, and my purpose. The issue is most people due to their infatuation, due to their uh, uh, need of acceptance, due to their insecurities, they start, uh, what's the word? They start desiring a relationship with someone else more than God. And then when they get that person, they start giving all this premium time and energy to this person. And then they never made time with God. And so they should get your leftover time. They should get time after you done spent time with God, after you done took care of yourself and your responsibilities, after you done invest time in your purpose, then they get time. Anybody that's waiting on your time is probably not worth your time. Anybody that's waiting on your time and don't got nothing to work with their own time, it's probably not even worth your time. Nobody got time to be waiting for somebody to make time for them. Y'all both should barely have anything to say because y'all tired. It was some cool, good conversations. It was good. We both got to get to work in the morning. We both got to get to the grind in the morning. We'll spend time on Friday with a group of people if we have time. Anybody who always got time waiting on you to make time and they're not doing nothing, working productive for their time, it's probably not worth your time. I pray this live q was a blessing. Thank y'all so much for watching. Those who watch on Instagram, links in my bio, books, card games. You can support what I do. If you feel uh, the unction to give, you can give, support, especially our mentoring program, uh, what we're doing uh, going forward. You can support that. Uh, online as well, or if you just feel led to give to what me and my wife are doing with uh, books and all that kind of stuff, uh, books, card games, um, courses, t-shirt, like this shirt called Pilgrim, this shirt is about uh, reminding us that we're Pilgrim's passing group, pass, not passing group, 
passing through. And so, books, card games, links in my bio. For those who are watching on YouTube, links in the description box below. Um, I think that's it. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll catch y'all on the flip side. Peace.